This is The Pool, I'm Rain Coleman, your host, and this is episode 21. What's up, y'all? <laughs> we back again, back again with another podcast. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in again to The Pool, uh, two weeks in a row. <laughs> Good deal. Y'all know how I am with The Pool, man. I've been all over the place for a while. Uh, first and foremost, thank you guys for tuning in and for supporting so far. Again, coming off that April April long hiatus, I'm happy to be back in the driver's seat doing this all over again. Um, episode twenty one of twenty rather of the pool was last week. You know, got some good little plays and feedback and stuff. Um, before getting started, at the top of the uh, the hour, <laughs> do a little bit of housekeeping. Guys, make sure that when you're listening to this episode, please live tweet. Use that hashtag, ThePoolCBN or CBNPod. Make sure you check out the show on all your social podcasting sites. <laughs> SoundCloud, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Stitcher, all that good shit. And YouTube as well. For those of you listening on YouTube, please make a comment in the comments. Let me know what you think about the show, about the topics, about me, about the, the content, and all that good stuff. And um, live tweet. Also, because I am on Apple Podcasts, please go over there and review the show. As I've said before, you know, your reviews, give me your little rates and reviews, your five stars and whatnot, and I'll definitely read those on the show. Whatever you put in there, I'm going to read it, and no matter what it is. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Use that hashtag, the pool CBN or CBN Pod. I'd love to converse with you guys. And for those of you who don't want the out and about social media conversation or if you just don't have social media, hit me up on those emails, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. All right, with all of that out of the way, thank you guys again. Uh, okay, so make sure you check out the most recent episode of Carefree Black Nerd proper. Uh, it released on Sunday. That was Elisa Tagger episode, I believe it was 60. Yeah, episode 65, rather. <laughs> I'm losing track of my own shows. But yeah, make sure you listen to that and give me your thoughts. I'd love to know what you think about this black woman who is literally untouchable, un uh, not unrecognizable, undetectable by her own will. It's she's an interesting character that I've just found out about, and I'm uh, very interested to, to get get my hands on a few more uh, books or titles with her in there if I can find them. Also coming up pretty soon next Sunday that will be Sunday May 12th we have the official Carefree Black Nerd Avengers in-game review. I wanted to give uh in-game a bit of time to like be seen so that when I do hit you with the spoilers the spoiler ban has already been lifted. The Russo brothers, I believe this past Monday, lifted the ban, but I wanted to wait. And so you'll hear me talking with a very amazing, dope-ass guy, Mr. Andy, a.k.a. Escoblaze, as you may know him from YouTube and Twitter. Phenomenal comp cosplayer, excuse me, and personality. He, you know, he did the damn thing. So if you want to get some good, carefree, black nerd, black boy joy conversation about in-game, tune in. And uh, let me know what you think. <laughs> also, guys, of course, could never show without a shout out to the BYNK Radio fam. Uh, starting off with Government Name Podcast. 
Shogun and Cole Jackson over there give you them hot takes, that social commentary, that foolery, and that good shit <laughs> in your ear. Make sure to check them out on their respective podcast platform apps. Something, you know. <laughs> and Sid Davis of The Social Introvert. Dope-ass guy. Man, you, well, you've heard all three of these guys on the Carefree Black Nerd feed. You all may know Shogun from Titans Hunt Pod. And you all may know Cole Jackson from the illustrious official podcast of Black Lightning. Black Lightning Matters. And uh, me and Sid have collaborated a time or two. He was on my A Spell in Greendale show as well as we did a kind of two-part of Mowgli which was a pretty interesting conversation so please 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 check out those good folks at bynkradio.net and uh drop by their social medias and just tell them what's up tell them rain sent you <laughs> okay um so yeah so I did see in-game won't really get into it on this episode because we do have the official carefree black nerd in-game review coming up but uh I did enjoy it I did enjoy it and I hope you guys saw it as well. And if you don't care about spoilers, just tune in to, to the next Carefree Black Nerd show. Um, so, yeah, that'll that'll be it. We're going to go to take a quick little break. I can uh, refill my drink, come back and get into some comics news, y'all. <laughs> All right, everybody shut up and do what I say. Get the money out. Stay cool. Nobody gets hurt. for you to put the weapon down. Who the fuck is this asshole? Please refrain from using any further obscenities in the presence of these people. What? I've warned you. I'll be forced to thrash you. Fuck you! <laughs> Freeze, you diseased rhinoceros pizzle. And we are back. <laughs> All right, y'all, so Saturday, this past Saturday, which was the first Saturday in May, that was May 4th, May the 4th be with you, one of the nerdiest of nerdy days was also free comic book day. Uh, man, I had a really good time. Like, you guys know, I don't know if I've said it explicitly or too many times, but I've missed the last, like, four free comic book days. And not for lack of trying, like, I know there was a point in time when, I had to work and I missed it. And then I think earlier on when I first discovered what free comic book day was, I want to say I thought it was like a, a twice yearly thing. Like for whatever reason, I'm sure no one told me that, but I just assumed it was like twice a year or every couple months. And I've just been missing it time after time. It was frustrating as hell, but I finally made it to free comic book day. It only took 30 plus years. <laughs> so, um, for those of you who don't know, it's just a day uh, nationwide. It may be global, but nationwide where people go and have a, some free comics and, you know, get folks into reading them and whatnot. Now, it is, darn, 
trying to see. So the first comic book, free comic book day actually happened back in 2002. And it was created by uh, Joe Field, who was the, he's a comic book shop owner and a comic columnist, excuse me, columnist. (laughs) Um, He wanted a way to generate new readers and interest into the comics medium. Because, I mean, comics have been around forever and a day, but the world is changing and the way we consume media is changing as well. So there's no longer the VHS or the one-time viewing on TV, or the one-time in theaters viewing, a lot of things are more accessible now. So I guess he saw and was like, look, if we're going to remain a viable community, we need to make sure that we got ways to get folks in this motherfucker. (laughs) Now, um, excuse me, it gained, the event was uh, tied to different releases like Spider-Man, building on the popularity of Spider-Man, of course, and other superheroes, and free publicity from the launch of the new one. Now, together, it increased interest from the movies, and that helped, you know, get new customers in, and the 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 act, activity, the involvement <laughs> has been kind of improving every year is what I'm seeing. Now, uh, since its debut, of course, it's continued to grow and change, but all of the elements that made it what it is still remain. So, a lot of stores, they have, like, different uh, giveaways, uh, pre-selected copies of comics, and I don't know if... I've posted this quite yet, but you've seen my review for my free comic book day. Either way, check it out in the feed. <laughs> now, um, now the the rules vary from store to store. And I went to one store, and they were like, oh, only four copies per person. And another store was only three. And then some others had like comic book um, artists or artists in general. I'm not sure if they were specifically comic book artists, but people doing like sketches of kids and whoever else wanted one. It was a nice, wholesome event. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Now, Free Comic Book Day has grown, of course, every year since it was created. Today, it occurs in more than, I believe, 100, 1,500 or like 2,000 stores across more than 30 countries. Now, this is, I don't know, y'all. It's just, what a time to be alive. And I know this is very dramatic. (laughs) to kind of say but you know how your parents if they are maybe immigrants or grew up poor they want better for you so a lot of things they do is to make sure that you as the child has a better life and so forth and so forth and i'm sure that's what every parent even wealthy folks but this feels very much like kids from the 70s 80s and 90s doing things to make the things that they love more accessible for people going forward And for me, being someone way back in the day who enjoyed this medium and these characters and still do to this day, it's just ah, just to to see this thing grow and hopefully it'll continue on because, hell, there are a lot of moving parts that go into comics from artists, from writers, from inkers to letterers to colorers and everything goes under some editors and uh, continuity experts and whatnot. It's a lot that goes into it for a community that I feel like doesn't or historically hasn't gotten the respect that other fandoms have, i.e. sports and whatnot. Um, So to see a day like this, though it's once a year and it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm a a little in my feelings because I really had a very good free comic book day and I just... Ah, I tried to get all my coworkers with kids and without kids and nieces and nephews to go and they weren't hearing it. And they're like, you big nerd. <laughs> I mean, but people are very supportive. I've gotten a lot of, oh, you know, what did you get and, and whatever else and talk to me about it. And I'm grateful for that. But damn, I just wish, I wish, I wish. I'm hoping that it continues to grow. 
every year gets bigger and bigger to the point where they might be like, hell shit, now we got to do this every quarter, you know. But all that being said, I'm so happy Free Comic Book Day was a success. Uh, and I'm hoping that other people had great experiences as well throughout the country, uh, worldwide, and all that good shit. <laughs> all right, so... um. Shit, hell, tweet me, y'all. Let me know, what did you get on Free Comic Book Day? Did you know about Free Comic Book Day? Did you pick up a few titles? Is this? Are you new to comics? Either way, tweet me or leave a comment in the comments and let me know what is the book you picked up. Are you new to this? Are you looking forward to maybe next year? Because uh, I can't be the only one over here standing for an anniversary date. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's see. Next up, we have Coming to America. Now, originally, Coming to America, the sequel, uh, was scheduled to be released on August 7th of this year, 2019. But the date, excuse me, is now, has been changed to December 18th of 2020. Now, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't, but those of you who don't know, Coming to America is one of those cult classic movies in black households nationwide and i would imagine now that we're kind of a global community worldwide but it was a 1988 uh, comedy starring none other than eddie murphy and arsenio <laughs> now both uh eddie murphy and arsenio will be reprising their roles in the sequel prince Hakeem. Now, Craig Brewer, he is of Hustle and Flow, Hustle and Flow fame. Excuse me. <laughs> He's directing the film. Uh, Kenya Barris from Blackish is rewriting a script. It was an original script by the Coming to America writers of the. Okay, so I want to make sure I'm not confusing. This is the walk. Let's walk it back a bit. Coming to America Two was supposed to release in August seventh, but now it will be in December eighteenth of next year, twenty twenty. Craig Brewer of Hustle and Flow is directing it. Kenya Barris of Blackish Black is rewriting a script by the original Coming to America writers, Barry Blostein, so sorry if I butchered your name, and David Sheffield. Now, as of right now, I don't think there is an official title, but the kind of placeholder or placeholder, placeholder or working title was Coming to America with the number two instead of the word two. Um, now, in this movie, Akeem Murphy, <laughs> Eddie Murphy, learns about a long-lost son and must return to America to meet his unlikely heir to the throne of Zamunda. Man, so there have been reboots and, 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 and revamps and all this other stuff with so many different properties. And the main kind of conversation I'm, I'm trying to have is like, why do we keep doing these reboots? Why do we keep... Why, where are the new ideas? And... I'm settling in this thought that there are creators out there. We have indie creators, web series, web comic, independent movies and whatnot. I mean, hell, I watched the Valiant Universe's um, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. It was like a web film. I don't know if it was a fan-made film, but it was very good. I watched that a few months ago. Uh, and all that to say that there's a lot of indie creators out there. Studios are going to put their money into what they want to put their money into. This, I think, could be done very well. And with Eddie Murphy being attached, and Arsenio Hall as well, but specifically Eddie Murphy being attached to this project, I don't know in what capacity if they're just going to be reprising their roles or if they'll have a bit more control. And I'm going to look more into that, maybe hit you with some answers on the next episode of The Pool. 
But with the success of Coming to America, there will not be another Coming to America, quote unquote, as it was way back when. But I'm hoping that this is falls in that same vein, but it's something new and fresh. Um, me being kind of, I wonder, am I out of the viewer bracket of this? Can't really be because it's a extension of a cult classic from way back in the day when I saw it as a child. Um, but all that being said, pretty much what I'm trying to say is I'm optimistic about this reboot, not reboot, about this um, sequel. So there's that. <laughs> now they want the 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 cast to kind of resemble the cast from back in the day: uh, Shari Headley, John Amos, uh, James Earl Jones, um, and then the costume designer Ruth E. Carter, of course, Selma and Black Panther fame is on board. So if nothing else, aesthetically, this is going to be a bomb ass film. And then bring it back Zamunda with the success of Black Panther and Wakanda in the public eye. And with blackness and, and, and diversity being kind of embraced a bit more, at least from where I can see than where it has been in the past, Zamunda could be a thing. Like, there could be a franchise built off of this if done well. Uh, and then if it's campy, I'm okay with that too. You know, there black people do exist in this camp realm. Hell, case in point, look at Empire. But I'm hoping that this is a stylized, maybe aesthetically appealing music oh the music has to be it like <laughs> i'm look i'm getting excited just thinking about it <laughs> now um let me see first filming was uh is aiming to begin on august 8th which is interesting because the show the show the tv the movie yes the movie was supposed to be out on august 7th but filming is to begin on august 8th and wrap in late october so coming to america uh, I think now it'll be competing with West Side Story, which is a Disney Fox kind of joint reboot from Steven Spielberg, and I believe Avatar 2, which is, bruh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what else? we Okay, so the CW. Now, y'all, the CW, they ain't playing. They want all you little teenage dollars. So the CW has picked up Ruby Rose for Batwoman and the Riverdale spinoff Katie Keene. Uh, they're both been ordered to series for the 2019-2020 season. So this fall is going to be lit. <laughs> now, Batwoman, um, let me see. I believe Caroline Dries is her name. Will write and executive produce with Greg Berlanti. Hello, Greg Berlanti. Uh, Sarah, I'm going to butcher this woman's name. Sarah Schechter. S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R. Y'all figured out. Tweet me. <laughs> Jeff Johns, David Nutter, Marcos Siga, I believe, um, who also directed the pilot. Now, this Batwoman uh, debuted last year in CW's Arrowverse crossover, Elseworlds. Now, I've said time and time again, I'm not into the Arrowverse, probably as like I should be. Um, Black Lightning is really the only show on CW that not even a part of the Arrowverse officially that I follow. Um, I think I could get into this Batwoman. Now, Flash and Arrow and uh, Legends of Tomorrow and all that shit. It, I just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I would like to maybe dive in, dip in here and there, but it's a lot. It's like a soap opera. It's been on for so long. I don't want to just jump in. Because there's so much shit happening. But 
I'll get around to it one day, y'all. Shout out to Cole, the 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 keymaster, the the gatekeeper of the Arrowverse, and I believe Shane too of random thoughts and random things. I think he's really um, into the Arrowverse, if I'm not mistaken. But so she appeared in Elseworlds, which I really need to go and see about getting my hands on that crossover. Because even though I'm not into the Arrowverse like others are, I think that is. A good solid like four episodes of the entire Arrowverse that I could get into and enjoy and probably not need a whole lot of um, uh, backstory. It, so for those of you guys who are a fan of the Arrowverse and have seen Elseworlds, let me know if that's something that I can just jump into and enjoy just on my own. Tweet me, Carefree Blurred, use that hashtag, the pool CBN or CBN pod. Now, this is what the kind of solicits say. <clears throat> Armed with a passion for justice, social justice, and a flair for speaking her mind, Kate Kane soars onto the streets of Gotham as Batwoman, an out lesbian and highly trained street fighter, primed to snuff out the failing city's criminal resurgence. <laughs> so a few things, Ruby Rose, beautiful woman, period. Um... Out lesbian, that's good, representation. Batwoman, allowing you to get your Batman fix in the CW's Arrowverse without having to pull in Batman from the TV series. I mean, excuse me, from the from the movies. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of pushback because, I mean, comic dude bros and gal bros or whatever. But I, um, I'm interested. I'm interested. I want to see what happens. Um, again, like I said, I didn't see Elseworlds, but... Ruby is a good actress. I've seen her in a couple things, and I'm interested to see. Like it, it's, it's, it's again, what a time to be alive! <laughs> and really, I'm just excited to jump in on this at the ground floor. Um, like I said, my issue with the Arrowverse for me personally is so much of it has went by by the time I really got interested, and so it's it feels like it's too much for me to bear. So that's that. Uh, so okay, so also Katie Keen. So, Katie Keene is based on the Archie Comics character. Now, Katie Keene's series will follow an <clears throat> aspiring fashion designer, Katie Keene, who meets Josie McCoy fresh off the bus to chase her musical dreams. Their world is populated with kindred spirits, starving artists, including mysterious socialite Pepper Smith and Broadway-bound performer George Lopez, or maybe that's Jorge Lopez, and his drag queen alter ego, Ginger. Now, y'all, you know how I feel about Archie and about Riverdale. I have been frustrated to hell with them. Now, with this Katie Keene, I'm hoping, I'm oh, fingers crossed, that they get this right. Like, it's so easy to kind of slip into this generic surface, shallow level ish that is teen dramas. But I feel like we've come a long way since Gossip Girl and the OC and the Hills and stuff like that of the late 90s, 2000s, early 2000s, early aughts. Um, I want more. And even introducing this Jorge Lopez and this drag queen alter ego Ginger. It was like, please don't fuck this up like you've done with Kevin on Riverdale. Please don't fuck over Josie like you've done her on Riverdale. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm going to try to remain optimistic and and see what happens. 
Because one, this this is set in New York, I believe, not in Riverdale, not anywhere near that place. Um, I just I want I want this to be good for Ashley Murray. Uh, Katie King will be played by Lucy Hale, Pepper Smith. I'm seeing uh, Julia Chan and Jorge Lopez is Johnny Bootchamp. Oh, I hope I think I missed that name. Of Bootchamp, 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 Bootchamp. Anywho, it seems like a very diverse and mixed cast. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm thinking things will work out. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Now, this is the thing right here. Archie Comics Chief Creative Officer Robert Aguirre Sacasa. There we go. I know I said that right. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Yeah. Uh, him and Michael Grassi will write and executive produce. Uh, Berlanti. Oh, God. And Archie Comics CEO and publisher John Goldwater will executive produce the series along with Maggie Klein, who also directed the pilot. Now, at the time of this recording, I have not seen the pilot. Now, here's my issue. Roberto is a hit or miss for me. And it's probably not just him. It's probably him and then the team. And the reason being, Riverdale Season 1 was good as hell. Like... You can't tell me, not there's not one season that followed season one of Riverdale that holds the torch to that first season. Um, after that, everything went downhill. Now, Sabrina, for what I saw, because at the time of this recording, I haven't even finished uh, the first season. But for what I saw, was really good, too. Now, I'm hoping that there are more people of color in the writer's room, more people who have some of these lived-in experiences, who are not just cisgendered white folks. With Jorge being the drag queen by night, or maybe just in general, please have a drag queen of color in that writer's room, or or adjacent something. I'm just, because it's, it's just so easy for these shows to fall down this slippery slope that's just utter garbage. Um... Yeah, but I'm hopeful, though. I'm hopeful, and I'm so happy that Josie is getting out of fucking Riverdale. And I've been saying this for a while. Riverdale is a horrible place. Like, if we're living, if we're if we're existing in a world where Riverdale is a real place, and everything that happened on the show has happened for real, why would you want to move there? Like, just in the last, like, week or so, I believe, Jughead's sister, JB, was kidnapped by this guy who's doing the Gargoyle King thing, which they've been doing this entire season, I think part of last season. I could be mistaken, but it's been going on for so long and they've been dropping it and picking it up and dropping it and picking it up and it doesn't feel like they have a plan. And I feel like that's so wrong because it, it's, it's, it feels lazy. Um, but one of the good things is, for those of you who are interested, there is a Riverdale comic that I believe is kind of a, 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 not a parallel, a companion to the show. So what they're doing is taking some of the storylines that maybe are being dropped in the show and putting them into the book, which is cool if you had a planned it out like that for sure, but it feels as if the show just does whatever the fuck they want and then once they see there's some blowback, they're like, okay, well, let's write this into a couple issues. But, hell, what do I know? <laughs> All right, so let me know, will you guys be watching any of these shows? Batwoman, Katie King, Coming to America 2? Um, what do you know? Let me know in the comments and tweet me, Carefree Blurred, and uh, all that. Now, oh, huh. and here is the main meat of the article. So, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Far From Home, how excited are you for this mother-freaking show? Or movie, yeah, movie. So, this is, I believe, July 12th, 
is when the movie will premiere. And so, like I said before, the ban for spoilers for Endgame has been lifted. And ugh, Marvel is do, doing such an amazing job. So, Spider-Man Far From Home, the first trailer released before Endgame. And we knew Mysterio would be in it. We knew that Spider-Man, Genki, because I don't care what you say, that's Genki. And MJ would be in Paris with the school class. And Flash Thompson, I believe. After Endgame, the trailer for Far From Home, the second trailer came out. And boy, oh boy, they even started that trailer with like a spoiler alert, which Tom Holland was like, look, this is Far From Home. This is the second trailer. If you have not seen Endgame, do not watch this shit. Go watch Endgame and come back. It, there will be spoilers. And as soon as we go to the trailer, the first scene is a spoiler. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, a few things going on. This, this trailer opens up the multiverse or the idea of a multiverse you know just trying to see how can i mm, well spoilers guys sorry this will be spoilers for this trailer so a few things happen uh the multiverse was was introduced officially i suppose um we dealing with some events some deaths that happened in in game i'll try to steer away from that uh mj knows about some things mysterio so you know forget it spoilers i'm, I'm going into it all because i really want to kind of break this down so you have spider-man in france uh he's fighting some guys in america at like a restaurant it looks like we're robbing it joking around with the police he has his iron spider outfit on i love it um then he ends up going to France and he's not talking to Nick Fury who's calling him on his phone. At this point, I don't think that they've had much conversation. Uh, Happy Hogan is there. He's like, oh, you got to pick up the phone. He's like, oh, no, I want to talk to him. Send him the voicemail. Uh, Peter, it's, it, all in all, it's a good trailer. I'll probably put it before or after this description. But my issue here is that I feel like we're getting too much information um, when it came to Endgame, I stayed away from all of the trailers. I think I watched that last one that was like the extended trailer. Because I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to see it anyways. But I tried to stay away from a lot of it because I wanted to be as surprised as I possibly could. Um, thankfully for me and others like me, uh, all, all the images from the trailer were from like the first 10 minutes of the movie. The rest was like nowhere to be found. And I'm hoping that that is what they've done with this new Spider-Man trailer because they give out so much information and it almost feels like you've watched the entire movie already, but I know that there has to be much more. Um, Agent Hill, uh, Nick Fury, Peter Parker, Genki, MJ, uh... There are a lot of people in this trailer, and it's a fun trailer. And to release this second one after the events of Endgame is just like another testament to Marvel knowing what the hell they're doing. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. Now, a few things. So Mysterio, we know that he's one of the rogues gallery of Spider-Man, and he is from an alternate universe, according to this trailer, what's said in this trailer. Now, when we, saw, when we saw the first trailer, we looked at him as a villain. I think there was a bit of something that may have been redeemable in him. But now in the second trailer, he's more so a hero from an alternate universe. 
this could be something we take at face value where it is the truth but then it's also like this is mysterio we know that he is a trickster who plays with with your eye with your mind um could this be that he's actually a villain from an alternate universe or is he from this regular universe i saw a few things saying that the mcu I know there's an Earth distinction for the MCU proper, but I believe that Mysterio is from Earth 616, which in the Marvel comics is the main continuity Earth. But I keep seeing articles that say that, but I don't see any um, confirmation in the trailer. So maybe I'm just overlooking something. If you guys know, please leave a comment down there in the comments or tweet me, Carefree Blurred, because I'd like to know if there's something I'm just missing or if we're all in the same boat where we're a little confused. <laughs> So, I'm, I, I like that this is the new, what the hell is that? that this is the villain that we're getting. Um, I like that we're getting more of the Rose Gallery. We're getting different things that we didn't get in the Sony Spider-Man films. Um, this just feels brand new. It feels good. It feels fresh, even though we've seen the first trailer for a few months now. Uh, I don't know. I'm just wondering if the... Peter Parker, Tony Stark comparison is necessary, but then I'm like, Marvel has to know what they're doing. Um, something that I like about that is that with the way the MCU has been set up, Marvel Studios has had to use D-list or unknown characters to kick off this universe. Over the course of this time, these 11 years, they've gained the rights to different heroes. Different heroes who actually started the Marvel Universe, like the Fantastic Four, kind of Peter Parker. I'm not sure if they have have some control or full control of Spider-Man, but even the X-Men and whatnot. So, because we've in, ended this Thanos Infinity Saga, and we're going into Phase 4, which is a whole new launching point, I feel like we're going to get our Spider-Man being the hero in charge. Because Iron Man, for all intents and purposes, was the Spider-Man. Iron Man in the MCU is what Spider-Man was in the comics back in the 60s. As far as popularity and, and, and uh, having people being sought after. So, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit on this for a while, but I'm thinking that's, that's what it is. And then we have the Quantum Realm. So, there's, hell, just bring in the Fantastic Four straight from there. Or Negative Zone or shit. Just, if we have these alternate universes easy way to intro the mutants like it's it's so many different ways that you could go and so many things that could be done man i'm 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 just geeking out over here <laughs> now uh the question is i keep getting or i keep seeing rather and hearing from podcasts and and and, and shows and whatnot is that people want to i'm getting the consensus that people do not believe that marvel will ever do and Infinity Saga again, there would never be anything as big. And I'm thinking, like, how can you, how can you feel that way? Like, look at what they did with lesser-known characters in a few years. We're not even looking at the whole eleven years. Just look at the first five or six. Imagine what could be done with these characters that are more household names, and also the plethora of other lesser-known characters that you could pull out. And do something with it's like man but I, there has to be something to it if so many people have this idea that oh there will never be another 11 year saga or I'm like why this one did gangbusters at the box office why the hell would they not do this again and even if they didn't do the full 11 even to get a good five to eight year saga like this 
Why would they not do this? And then you have Disney Plus and... I don't know. At this point, I'm just rambling. <laughs> so let me know in the comments, guys. What do you think? What do you think about the Spider-Man Far From Home second trailer? What about Endgame and how it ties into this? And what about the Marvel MCU multiverse? Is that a thing? Do you think Mysterio is lying? Um, just just give me, give me everything. Give me your hot takes and all that good shit. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, we're going to go on break and then we'll be back. With a few more uh, good things for you, a few more pools, and uh, wrap up the show. All right. Everywhere I go, I see his face. I just really miss him. Yeah, I miss him too. I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here after he was gone. You gonna be the next Iron Man now? Well, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your jobs. What? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Look, keep up the good work because I am going on vacation. Heads up, Nick Fury's calling you. I don't really want to talk to Nick Answer Fury. Answer Why? Because if you don't talk to him, then I have to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You sent Nick Fury to voicemail? I gotta go. You do not ghost Nick Fury. What up, Darks? What's up? We're just talking about the trip. I'm here in St. Marco Polo's. Oh, I think MJ really likes me. That reminds me when I first fell in love. You're a very difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. This is Mr. Beck. We could have used someone like you on my world. New world? Beck is from Earth, just not ours. A snap to our hole in our dimension. You're saying there's a multiverse? We have a job to do, and you're coming with us. someone else you can use. What about Thor? Off-world. Captain Marvel. Unavailable. But I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Bitch, please. You've been to space. What do you want, Peter? I want to go back on my trip with the girl who I really like and tell her how I feel. MJ, I... am Spider-Man. No, of course I'm not. I mean, it's kind of obvious. You're right, you may not be ready, but this is my responsibility. Saving the world requires sacrifice. Sometimes people die. Oh my god. I just always feel like I'm putting my friends in danger. The world needs the next Iron Man. Are you going to step up or not? For Spider-Man? I work with Spider-Man, not for Spider-Man. New plan. Alright, y'all. So we're back with the pool. Uh this will be a light pool. I don't know if this will be light or if going forward I'll be kind of changing up excuse me the uh the format. But I have two books for y'all this week. Uh one of them thanks to Peace Love Comics over on Twitter. Mr. Torin, who I had on Carefree Black Nerd, I forget the issue, my apologies, but he is the author of The Mystic Man and The Mystic Man Universe. Um, he suggested Excellence. This is an image comic book. It is through the Skybound imprint uh, by Brandon Thomas, Kari Randolph, and oh, Emilio Lopez. Yeah, bro, this is a, okay, 
keep it short and sweet. This is a book about a magic system and a few head families in said magic system, and it is dope as hell. Uh, you, it's, it's, it gives me a Black Panther feel, Ta-Nehisi Coates run, not really by the content, but kind of how the aesthetic, like the way it's laid out. Um, on the first page, there are these four different, I don't know, maybe like rules to uphold magic. Uh, they are one, the protection and defense of the undeserving is not allowed uh, Two, the creation of a magician's wand without permission is not allowed. Three, the casting of spells without an approved wand is not allowed. And four, the use of magic by females is not allowed. Now, I have a few issues with this book, but I'm thinking that the issues I have are going to tie directly into the story, uh, or it is a conscience, a conscious decision made by the creative team. So one, the whole thing about females and not having magic and this, that, and the third, I'm not sure if this will be a world in which there is a binary male and female, because we know there are different genders, but... That's neither here nor there, but the use of female and not women, uh, it's it's something that I'm I'm aware of. Now the creative team may not be thinking of it the way that I am, but I am going to give this book a few more issues. Hell, probably every single issue. Um, also, a magic system. This is a story. Okay, so the next page is okay. That what I just read to you guys was the four walls. This next thing is the a Aegis A-E-G-I-S and it is I don't even know how to describe this it. kind of like uh it looks like a building for all of you whatever you open this but I'll just list it hell <laughs> we have the overseer which is casting color white I believe this may be with maybe with the wand I don't know uh the tent which is casting color purple patrons casting color blue rooks casting color green Average age of magical activation in males is 5.1 years old. So the very fact that you have to make a distinction that this is the magic kind of manifesting within a particular set of people and saying male makes me believe that, of course, women have magic in this world. Like, there's no way. Like, what would be the point? You would just put the average age of magical activation as five years old. But they specified male. So it's some like patriarchy coming on or whatever. Um, so this Aegis, Aegis is like a column in New York City. It's like a World Trade Center looking building. And we just get a boy in his story about his family, about being this magical person. Well, coming from this magical family. And what I like about this is it kind of turns it on his head. Where... First of all, this is a book very different from a lot of shit that we got on the shelves already. But when you look at this book and you're reading through the first couple pages or the premise of the book, you would believe that it is a guy who is just learning his way around this magical system and becoming this great magician. But it becomes a story of this boy and his father. And it is hitting on so many levels where it's one about a boy born into a magic system where he has to navigate. But then it's also a boy dealing with his family. It's the father dealing with the failures of his son, albeit like 
um, uh, 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 heavy, heavy is the head that wears the crown. It's like things, uh, this society, this station that was thrusted upon him that he just has to navigate and he's not doing it with the, the quickness that I guess most people do. And so now he becomes a blemish on his family's high ranking families. Mark it's who then just the few panels we get between the father and the mother. Cause all in all, in short, the boy is born. He's born into a magical system. His father is one of the head honchos, but the boy is not manifesting at the rate that most kids are. And so that's pretty much an embarrassment to the father. The father and the mother have their words. And it's one of these things where you see the adults in the story, you see the children in the story, and they framed it in a way that I think a lot of people live their life, where they have these expectations of their children. And when the children don't meet those expectations, you have your feelings, which are valid because they're yours and you're allowed to have them. But you don't, you're not hyper aware of how your feelings are affecting your children so pretty much the young boy in this story is showing his growth from newborn to age nine to age i believe we end at 14 10 either way we're showing his progression and him overhearing his parents discussion about his father being embarrassed he his father even went so far as to say like some of my, my which this is paraphrasing some of my my niggas said that this ain't even my baby which is not what it's, and the mama corrects him like she's like you you're using you're being cowardly you're using this fake um uh whispers of your friends your you know colleagues where this is really you who have this issue you, they may very well be saying these things but this is your blood and it's always oh, such a good fucking story and pretty much we see the boy filled with rage and how he has to try so hard. I mean, he's narrating how how embarrassing and humiliating, humiliating, excuse me, it is that he is being beaten by boys younger than him because he just hasn't manifested. Which um, I believe the one guy he has is his older brother. We don't give much. I think this is his older brother. Um, which now that I look back on the story, it may not be either. It's not, maybe it's a nephew, maybe it's the prodigal son, I don't know. I'm going to reread a few times, but I did want to kind of get this out in the pool. But all in all, this boy has to deal with this magic system that has pretty much turned their back on him. And when he gets the opportunity to rise to his station, he has to be a bit more creative than others. And it, oh, he got his grandmother in here giving him... Hot take, she's talking mad shit. She sounds like a grandmother, like someone from my background. And um, having a story crafted by people of color and people in different communities that are not the same homogenous pool of people gives you such a complex story like this one. Um, before I mention about there only being males who are able to wield the power of magic and whatever else, I really feel like that idea is going to manifest somewhere in this story by one of the grandmother character, just by her existing, um, also by them focusing so heavily on men in this patriarchy, and also that this little boy had to deal with the stress of being the runt, the 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 
the, the bald-headed stepchild, the red-haired stepchild, and still coming out on top on the other end. Like, I don't know, I can rant and rave about this book all day long, but I just, I don't want to spoil too much more. He does some things, go through some trials. The artwork is fucking amazing. The color, dope as hell. The letterer, good job as well. Um, I do know that for this book, I have to reread a few times. Um, just because there's a lot going on. It's an easy enough book to follow, but it's a book that I feel like you'll just have to read a few times. And once this is collected in trade, which I believe with Image Comics, four issues are usually a trade, but I don't know, it, it may be more. Either way, once it's collected in trade, I'll have to reread and reread again. Like this, I'm I'm interested and I, I love that. You know, nothing under the sun is new. So this book being about magic, there's nothing knew about it in the sense that there have been stories about magic and magic systems forever and a day but it is the spin that is being put on it and it is the faces that are being highlighted and it is the people who are being uh, written and drawn and the way that they look aesthetically the way that they talk it's it's the breath of fresh air and i'm so happy that this book exists again this is just the first issue but trust and believe this will be on my pool list going forward i mm, 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 mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And if you have any books that you want to recommend, hit me up on Twitter, CarefreeBlurred, or email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Please, y'all, make sure you check out Excellence. And I, I can't help but think that Excellence, the title, stems from the idea of black excellence. Like, it just has to. Oh, man. Okay, so... um. That's that. So the second book we got here is Batman and the Outsiders, number one. This is through DC Comics. Um, new team, new rule. New, new team, no rules. Now for this, there has been outsider books before. Um, as many of you know, I grew up with Marvel Comics, but DC animated shows, and so it's kind of been flipped or kind of merged within the last few years or so. I say all that to say that there have been outsider books that have existed, and I am not aware of any of them. Like I, I know that they exist, but I've never read them. So I'm going into this blind. Whatever they give me, whatever this creative team gives me, that's what I know. So uh, with that being said, this may not live up to, or it might be better than the um, the Outsiders iterations before. If so, and you've read them and all that good shit, let me know. Tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Hit me up on that uh, in the comments and let me know. But this is um, a book by Brian Hill. Dexter Soy, Veronica Gant, ooh, Gandini, Clayton Cowles. Um, it's, it's good. This is called Lesser of Gods Part 1. So pretty much what we have here is a car accident, which is um, a father and a daughter in the car. The way that this scripting is set up, they're in Los Angeles and the mother has died. I'm not sure how long ago, maybe, maybe not too far in the past, maybe like, I don't know, a few months, a year maybe. Uh, they are visibly people of color. I'm going to assume uh, Latina. They get hit by this guy who grabs the father, sucks the life out of him, grabs the daughter, has no effect on her. And this dude's like, oh, you're so scared, but you don't know what you are. Let me show you what you are. This man throws this girl over eight. Now, they're on the highway. He throws her over the bridge onto a moving truck that is full of what I can only assume is gasoline. She burns alive. We move on to the actual outsiders. Hold up. First of all, the outsiders are being led by Black Lightning Jefferson Pierce. Like, that in itself is uh, enough 
to pick up this book. But then we have Orphan, which is, uh, I believe, the Asian Batgirl, Cassie. Ah, forgive me, guys, if I'm messing it up. Uh, let me know. Tweet me, Carefree Blur, <laughs> or make a comment in the comments. We have Signal, which is Duke. Uh, Duke Thomas, I believe. We have Katana. <sighs> With her, oh, God, I'm so happy to see her in a book. And they all are going up against this guy who looks kind of like Juggernaut. Um, and the conversation in this book is so well put together. It's like... How do I even... Okay, so Duke wants to rush in and fight this guy. Uh, Orphan, which is uh, uh, Cassie, Cass, whatever. She's like, no, nah, we got to wait for Black Lightning. She's like, we ain't got to wait. They go in, they fight. What happens is Black Lightning and Katana have to save them because pretty much they they went in half cocked. So I'm going to read a bit of this conversation where... Who was it? I'm starting with Duke and, and Jefferson. We're going back and forth. So Duke's like... We were pinned down. We had to move. No, you needed to wait for backup. We don't wait in Gotham, Lightning. You were about to get shot in Gotham, Signal. You want me to say I'm sorry? Fine, I'm sorry you couldn't keep up. You have a problem with me, son? You're not my father and you're not Batman. Neither are you, Signal. That's why I had to save your life. We have to work together. We're a team. Like, it's just, ah, as a comic book fan, man, I'm over here like, ah, like, it's, ah, I just, I like it, <laughs> needless to say. Now, there's a lot more that goes on in this book that I don't want to spoil. A lot of it that has to do with the uh, family from the beginning who were in the car accident. And there are some very, like, nice, candid moments between Jefferson and uh, Katana. And, you know, her whole shtick, for those of you who maybe only know her from, like, uh, Suicide Squad, you know, her, she has this blade that, I, to my knowledge, just kills the hell out of people and traps them in there. And her ex-husband or husband who was murdered is trapped in the sword, the katana, and she speaks to it, which is like, there's a lot more you could do with that character outside of just the shit they did in Suicide Squad. Um, all in all, there are some... Some things happening. The, the team is taking shape. What I do like is one of two things. Either this story and the way that we're receiving these characters are carried over from other books. Or they are just giving us on the first few pages what we should think about these characters. Like with Duke, with Signal, he is all kinds of fucked up. Um, I find out later that... Uh, he has some guy named Karma in his head who's like physically fucking with him and doubting him. And he's part of the narration. It's really interesting. But for someone not knowing what the hell is going on and, and reading this, it makes it, it's clear to me what's going on. Like I don't, I have questions, but there are no more questions than I would have if I was, because I'm interested in the book. The things that they have me hanging on, I think are things that are going to be addressed in this run. And um, I'm I'm here for it. I, I do appreciate. I'm I'm liking this book. The cliffhanger gives me very much a X Men style thing. But even with that, again, nothing under the sun is new. So that may just be a side effect of the type of story we're telling, because it's a bit of time travel involved. Also, I do love that Markovia. I don't know if that's new. Let me know, listeners. Tweet me, Carefree Blurred, or make a comment in the comments. Uh, but Markovia, as it stands in DC Comics, has Markovia always been this big threat? Has it always been a metahuman trafficking type of 
uh, terrorists thing? Or is that something new? Because it feels very X-Men, but I only say X-Men, not that DC is biting off of Marvel, but that that's my point of reference. Um, all in all, I do think Batman and the Outsiders is a good book. I'll probably be continuing on for at the very least the next two or three issues because I do want to see what happens. I don't foresee them losing me anytime soon. But yeah, like this, this, these were some good, some good shits. Um, additionally, 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 there is a kind of, um, what is a DC black label special sneak preview in the back. Um, last night on earth, which is Batman, Bruce Wayne is in Arkham Asylum. He is being treated by, I believe the Mad Hatter. Um, but it's framed in a way where Bruce is in an insane asylum because he killed his parents when he was young and his whole Batman career has been, uh, in his head. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what that's about. I'm gonna probably look into that a little bit more. Uh, let me see. While at the comic book shop on new comic book day, I picked up X-Force number seven, which I don't believe is a new book. I've just been collecting this series and I've only read the first three issues. I just haven't had the time. Uh, and I've also picked up War of Realms, War of the Realms, issue one and three. At first, I was going to wait until this got collected in trade. But, you know, listening to different podcasts and being active on social media, I found that a lot of people are into this um, event. And you know how I am about these events. I, I think that they're, it's so many, every time we turn around, there's another event. But because I've heard such good things, I said, I'll pick this up. So I picked up the first and the third issue because there was no second issue in my comic shop. But what I'm going to do is probably just read the first issue and wait for the second before I continue or just hold off until I have everything collected. But I'm 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 optimistic. I think maybe because I'm coming off of Endgame and off of a lot of nice good books um, that haven't been the big two that I'm more willing to give this a shot. Uh, so yeah, so that's that. Um, so yeah, guys, this has been the pool. <laughs> Thank you all for listening into my ramblings. Uh, any of the things that I've discussed today, if you have any thoughts on them, you agree with mine. If you disagree with mine, I don't care. Just, um, tweet me. Not that I don't care what you think, but I, I, either way, if you agree or disagree, I care to hear your feedback. <laughs> so leave a message in the comments on YouTube or on your respective uh, podcast listening sites and apps or tweet me carefree blurred. You said hashtag the pool CBN or CBN pod. Uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and go ahead and give me that review and that rating. Give me those five stars and review. And no matter what you write as a review, I will be reading that on air. So if you say, you talk too goddamn much, I'll read that as well. And if you say this is the best goddamn comic book show, then I'll read that too. <laughs> so y'all, as always, my name is Rain Combing, your illustrious host. Thank you all for listening to me. I do hope you check back in next week. Also, like I said, be sure to check out the Carefree Black Nerd official Avengers in-game review uh, with Escoblades with Andy. And that will be uh, this Sunday. Uh, make sure to go back and check out that Elisa Tiger episode and we're discussing the mutant of it all. And check out the previous episode of The Pool, episode, um, I believe, 20. And let me know what you think. All in all, guys, thank you for joining me. See you next time. Stay carefree. Stay nerdy. Stay geeky. I'm out.